Yo. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? It's another week. I'm still yeah. very excited. Even after last episode. Or, uh, sorry, the same as in last episode. Yeah. I Thank do want to flag it's Friday and I might not talk correctly, speak, speak proper English today, <laughs> but... It's fair. I blame it's it on, on being European. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. How was your week? Yeah. What what, uh, what happened? Really good. No, I just uh, been around here and haven't gotten much work done. Been uh, taking care of personal matters. Yeah. Plus, moving soon. Oh, to Austin? Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving actually, like the. Um, uh, actually, August 1st. Oh, that, oh, that is in a week. Yeah, around the corner, oh. right? Yeah. Holy so I've been crap. busy, man. Just been arranging all the like the moving company yeah. thing, and um, been uh, so <laughs> sold my car as well. Oh damn! Yeah. Are yeah. you getting a new one when you're in Texas, or? I'm you, not you, sure. So, so we'll see how all this uh, all this pandemic goes along. Because oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, me working from home and like Absolutely. the online. Uh, my wife is a teacher so been teaching online and we had one car just parked for ever because yeah, okay it just we had two and and it just it, it we found no use for it whatsoever there yeah. was no no need you know but that just that doesn't mean that you're also moving like closer to a city center that you actually can do things by foot or I'm not actually I'm moving more towards the suburbs so oh. it's going to be almost the same thing um, so we're going to see how it goes, I guess, yeah. me just being here. Because anyways, when she would go to work, it's still, I would never pretty much leave the house, to be honest. No. There will be like very rare times where I needed to go to the uh, supermarket or something. Yeah. And um, and I could, I could wait for those. So we'll see how it goes. And if it does become way too much of a hassle then then we'll we'll get another one too but anyways we're driving there so it would make it would it was going to be pretty crappy to drive in two cars you know yeah because uh, such a long drive is like 16 hours no that's too long but you would would you fly right now here especially from florida to I, Texas? yeah i honestly yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know would you like, would it, you? We, we, we've reached this point where the situation in the US is kind of unimaginable for me because we're having, I think, such different experiences with this pandemic that it's really like I can't even imagine what I would do in the US right now. And I'm I like freaking even. out. And like the Netherlands had, um, I think, like around like 150, 160 new cases yesterday. Oh, and and like, then oh I think God, Florida had like 10,000 or something. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did those numbers, it's not transferable. Like, I can't, I can't imagine kind of what that Cannot scale is like. So, yeah. But, yeah. So that's, uh, that's been, that's been me. And just, uh, just getting back to work. So I haven't gotten much done, but I'm, I'm pretty motivated to be honest. I guess because I haven't worked in like, uh, it's like five days. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. probably pretty nice to have a, a small break. Although, like, moving, I can imagine, was pretty stressful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But we're almost, we're almost done, so it's, it's good. And now uh, I'm pretty excited, actually. There's so much stuff to do over there. It's crazy compared to here. Because over here you have, you have parks and parks. Yeah. And, uh, and right now, no thank you. 
you know? Yeah. It's like, it's not like I can go somewhere with no people and like fish or something like that, you know? Yeah. Can't do that. There's like a bunch of creeks that are pretty awesome and nature is huge over there. It has like a side. So pretty, pretty excited. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. How uh, how have you been? Um, Yeah, overall, I would say pretty good. Uh, Fall a little bit like under the weather this week and uh, also took it a little bit easier than usual. Don't think it's anything to worry about, but again, with pandemic, you're always like I immediately went into like crisis mode and being like, "Oh my god, could it be Corona? Do I need to get tested?" And that's interesting. They actually had a newspaper article here this week uh, that says that not enough people are getting themselves tested, mm-hmm. and they had one of the arguments they brought up, and I completely see that as that people have been conditioned forever, essentially, to not go to the doctor for like minor things like if my throat is scratching i'm not going to the doctor i'm just drinking tea staying at home for a day and then i'm going back to work like everyone has been conditioned to not go to the doctor every time and now it is like suddenly a situation where you probably should just go get tested no matter what and right now we do have the test capacity and like they have i think like a million or like two million tests that are not being used here like we could just Mm -hmm. test ridiculous amounts of people and then the other component of this is that in the beginning of the, the pandemic, when you looked at like the, should I quarantine uh, quarantine or should I get tested? They had like these flow charts and it was essentially like, do you have all of these symptoms? And as soon as you didn't have all of these symptoms, the answer was like, no, just continue with your normal life. Mm-hmm. Or one of the conditions was, have you been in like one of the high risk areas? No, then just continue with your normal life. And I think the third was, you know, somebody who has uh, COVID. And for the first few months of the pandemic, that was like the three things that you looked out for. Like, do I have all the symptoms? Do I know someone? Or have I been to Italy, for example? And even though you might have felt it would make sense, like get tested for COVID, everyone said, no, no, just don't do it. Like we don't have the test capacity. Yeah. You're low risk, like it's fine. And this has changed now because we now have the test capacity. So you probably want to have a different flow chart but in my head it's still like this logic it's still like oh yeah i didn't have fever so i probably don't need to go even though we now also know that there are like way more people who don't show symptoms and these kind of things and ah it's a little bit stressful to be honest too now like have a a sore throat or something like this yeah i can i saw i saw a post because have you ever seen the people like against I don't, I don't know how to say this, but I guess like against the pandemic, <laughs> you know, here <laughs> that people, um, I kept hearing for months how like they were saying, oh, the survival rate is 99.96%. And I, I was always, I didn't know where that came from. Cause I was yeah. like, where, where are they? Get, like, how are they getting that? Yesterday I saw a friend cause he's, uh, I, I guess, I don't know, an acquaintance now. Oh, I kind of want to. I kind of want to remove him from my from my uh, followers, but um, he's he's a huge like against quarantining and saying that it's like it's n- nothing and it's being overblown and stuff. And he posted uh, like this like chart thing how it says that it's like ninety nine point ninety six percent survival rate, and for the world it's like ninety nine. Wait, for here is ninety nine point ninety four. And for the world is 99.96, okay? Yeah. And then 
I started looking at the math because they actually put it there. Finally, I finally find out where it's where it comes from. And they're taking into account the entire population. So they're saying like the survival rate in general, like to survive it, you know, I didn't know where it came from. That seems like a pretty stupid metric to me. Uh, I would want to, I want to measure like, if you get it, what's the survival rate, you know, not if, not if you're just like breathing on the earth. Yeah, especially if, like in the US, the containment strategy has kind of failed and you're, like, if you don't do anything, I think it's pretty safe to assume that eventually everyone will have had corona. And then the whole calculation just doesn't work anymore because then you would actually need to look at the survival rate or the mortality rate of corona patients. Exactly. So That's the the one that makes sense to me, to look at that, because that tells you that if everyone gets it, then that's around the number there, which is which is about five percent you know like um uh, mortality it's like five it's pretty uh uh, it's pretty it's a it's a pretty uh it's probably one of the most idiotic uh arguments i've heard yeah yeah it just feels like we live live in such a time but yeah but i didn't know where that came from i was so puzzled i was like i I need to know where that comes from like where are people getting this number from because i would go to the actual like world you know like that website where you can check uh, the new cases around the world and yeah. like by by country and i would like do the math and i'll be like no like for the u.s is like you know like six percent for like germany was like 4.8 like mortality i'm talking about mortality yeah. and like i'm like where are they getting 99.96 percent i didn't know where it came from i finally found out and it's pretty stupid <laughs> but yeah if you want to like fake statistics this is how you do it this is oh wow yeah yeah you're right isn't this the old the data, joke? Bro. Never yeah. trust, never trust a statistic that you didn't fake yourself. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's the like the wisdom it's like that we learned in university. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, statistics one hundred and one. Yeah. But yeah, you ever heard that one about? You ever heard about that one about Blockbuster? How they actually did like a study and uh, like surveys and stuff, and their their data. Uh, they they did like a presentation after um, like Netflix versus mailing yeah. the things to yeah. see if they would go for it and they were like no 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 our data 100 percent shows our customer loves coming here we'll yeah. just continue doing our thing that is that is was a really funny example yeah because if you only essentially survey the people who come to your store it's pretty skewed in your favor <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but yeah um so yeah it was a quiet week overall um didn't do that much and um spent a lot of time and I think this is kind of, I hope this is where your question was originally leading. Spent a lot of time thinking about kind of the side projects. And yeah, we it is so funny to me. The- so pe- people who follow me on Twitter, the two people that do, uh, might have already known that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about a new, new thing. And that's mm-hmm. so funny to me because I listened to the last episode. And in that, I at one point say something like, oh, yeah, and I don't want to like jump from project to project anymore. And I... <laughs> It couldn't be more ironic that this was in the last episode and this one, in this one, I'm already like announcing the next project. But uh, yeah, this is how things go. I've been thinking a lot about gaming recently, since I also started picking that up again a little bit in like Corona times. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, I started thinking a lot about the things that I would like want to learn. And we've talked a little bit about this here on show as well, about like my attempt to like try domain driven design, for example. And just not picking a very good example to try this out with. And there are a few different like ID 
gears that have been like flowing through my head. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure where to start, Bass, but one of the problems that I let's let's just start with the problem. Like one of the things that I observed over, especially now with like Corona and like all the distraction that's happening in the world and like how stressful everything is, I find it really hard to actually stick with a project, and that has had me wondering a little bit why that is. And I think one of the things that is quite interesting for me is that I start these projects oftentimes with a specific learning objective in mind. Like I'm not starting, a, or it's not true for all projects, for but for a lot of them, I start them because I want to learn a very particular thing. Like I started building a habit tracker last year just to try out like stimulus and like Rails 5 when it came out and yeah. wanted to try Tailwind CSS and like all of these different like front end uh, components. So started a project, worked on it for like a week, two weeks, installed all these things and then kind of lost interest. And the same is true for like a lot of the other projects that I started. Like I tried the domain-driven design and like struggled with that and struggled with that and then figured out a better way to do it and I feel pretty happy with what I actually wrote. That was mm-hmm. kind of the last time we talked about this and then kind of the motivation to continue kind of slowly faded. And I think this is because I start this project with a learning objective in mind, not with a goal that I really want to achieve. It's not for me about building a habit tracker, but I wanted to try out stimulus and tailwind and these kind of things. And at a certain point in time, I actually accomplished that. I did try out tailwind and I did try out uh, stimulus. And at that point, like the whole project became like it was sort of I achieved my goal and now there's very little purpose in continuing with this. Mm hmm. That's like one of the theories I have. And yeah, that got me thinking a little bit. First, because I just felt a little bit like insecure and shitty because I don't actually finish the things that I start. Uh, and then on mm-hmm. the other hand, like I'm wondering if there's a better way to learn certain things that doesn't involve starting new projects for them. And I feel, and this is just my feeling, like not sure what you think about this, but my feeling is that if you look online, especially as a software developer, everyone is writing about all the projects they're starting and now like everyone should have multiple like side projects or everyone's yeah. like publishing small apps and these kind of things and i still feel quite a lot of pressure to do the same to essentially start a new project every time i want to like try something else and like if i want to now learn view then i would build like a small view app that i would publish and share on all my socials and that feels kind of wrong to me I'm actually I'm feeling like a little bit stressed out by this pressure to produce apps and services. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually, yeah, for me, it doesn't make sense because I don't want to, <laughs> if I were to launch an app every time I want to learn something new, in no time I would be overwhelmed by having to maintain 27 different apps and open source projects. And I'm not sure yeah. how others do it, but it doesn't feel like it's the smartest approach to learning things yeah that uh that might be true but what what is the alternative yeah that is what i've been thinking about a little bit i don't have a very clear answer to be honest but Mm -hmm. what i did think about a lot is video games yeah because like gamification so in video games i feel like there's exactly I don't want to say the opposite, but I think they have a few very interesting characteristics that make it easy to learn things. Because ultimately, in like almost any game, you as a player, you have to learn certain skills to be able to finish the game or become better at a game. Like it, for me, gaming is all about like learning and mastery. 
especially mm-hmm. if you play like competitive multiplayer games. Oh yeah, for sure. So I've been thinking about this a lot, and there are like three components to this that I am super intrigued by. The first is that video games give you a challenge, like they give you a goal that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And there's a very clear measure whether or not you actually achieved your goal in a lot of cases. While at the same time, it's also often like very open-ended how you actually go about solving this. So if you take racing games, for example, as yeah, if you take racing games as an example, which I really like to play, I think this is actually a very good case here because you have every lap that you do on a track, you get feedback whether or not you perform better or worse than the last time around. Because your lap mm-hmm. time is like a very objective, harsh truth about your performance. And you as a player, you can start to kind of experiment with like different lines that you take and like different braking techniques or whatever it is that you want to try out to see if you can improve on that time. But the goal is very clear. Like you're not going on a racetrack to, don't know, count the leaves on the side of the track. You like want to do these lap times. This is what's being measured and this is where what you get feedback about. And what I've been thinking about a little bit is going back, for example, to the domain-driven design example, like if I want to learn something and I have to design the challenge for myself, it's very hard for me to come up with a problem that is really well-shaped for the thing I want to learn. If I have no idea about domain-driven design, I also don't know for what kind of problem domain-driven design is a very good solution. So I think this is what I saw with like my attempts to, to learn it, that I picked a problem that is just not very good for domain-driven design. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I'm wondering how it's for you. Um, if you kind of set out to learn something and like try something out. But for me, it's definitely, it feels difficult to pick a problem that is like really well suited to try out certain technologies or learn new things. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, there's been, I feel like, um, I feel like the gap between reading documentation or going through a video course and actually mastering that particular technology mm. is like such a huge leap that yeah. can be very, very frustrating. So, for example, recently, right, since I've been learning Elixir, I went through that course, which is, you know, Elixir for Programmer, like we talked about in a, kind of like at the beginning of the podcast. And after I finished that, I'm like, okay, I want to get something, something, you know, done to, to keep learning this and mm. to master it. Yeah. When I try to jump into different projects, I didn't even know where to start, you know? Like, I yeah. didn't know how to uh, handle certain things. and Because you do go straight to projects, obviously, like you were saying. There's nothing else. There's no other alternative, really. You can build simple things, I guess. But, like, it, it, it's... They're generally also projects, right? Yeah. Even if you do, even if you do, like, a, a prompter or if you do, like, a... Um, a tic-tac-toe game or something like that it's still a project that you yeah. need to know how to like organize it you need to know how to uh like what to do where so that was the reason why i did the other course that uh yeah like i just kept seeking for more resources because i just didn't feel like like i said the the jump between like starting to learn it and then getting something done in production for it or something useful for it is such a big leap to me. Yeah. You can't just that's like going from 0 to 60 to me, you know? And like a snap of a finger, yeah. that just doesn't happen. 
So I do, I do get, and it's pretty interesting your your take on on game because it, it's true that you do you do progressively get better at whatever. I, I you like racing games. I love shooting games. You know, yeah. first, first person shooters, and it, it's just like that. Like at the beginning, you, you it is it is a mastery thingy. Yeah, that you. Uh, I think what for me what yeah where games really shine is that you have you have this objective, the thing that you want to get better at, and then you have rules that kind of restrict your problem space and help you figure out what is important. And I feel like this is a lot of what you described, like you want to learn something, but you have no idea in kind of what direction to to go. I feel this is, yeah, this is very much a problem of like trying to practice programming skills, that there's mm-hmm. very little like guidance and like a direction. And with games, I feel there's always, you always know as a player what's kind of expected of you to do next or the areas in which you want to improve or uh, focus on to kind of get to the next level of your your game. And then the final piece is kind of all of the feedback loops that you have in games. And depending on the games, those can be like insanely quick. Like if you look at something like, shout out to Yorolf, Super Meat Boy, this game where mm-hmm. you, it's like a, yeah, a little bit of like a jump and run. You yeah. die so many times within seconds of starting a level and that's like a most probably like the most extreme example of like an ultra fast feedback loop where you learn um, whether or not you progress and whether or not you're doing things right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think games give you this this structure yeah, to I learning and to like improvement in like through all of these different ways through like the challenges that they present, the rules and kind of game mechanics that you can use to. Uh, achieve the goal and then the feedback loop to tell you whether or not you're like using them right or very efficient and this is what i've yeah where kind of for me it's really interesting to see like this this gap between what i'm doing in my programming and what i'm doing in my gaming because in my gaming there's a structure and then yeah in programming there isn't and a big question of course is whether or not there's a way to kind of bridge the the two and find a way to like practice programming in like with the benefits that games provide where you kind of have this environment that helps you kind of guide or that guides you a little bit and allows you to tackle different challenges without the need to like spin up a new app every time that you want to try a new technology or like mm-hmm. learn a new language or yeah test a yeah. library I've, yeah i feel like it's uh it's it's something tricky but i i do i guess i do have some ideas but it, it is it definitely is tricky because you need to m- make it in a very elegant way so that so if you're learning programming with games that outside of that environment you also you're like you know exactly what to do that's to me would be the the tricky part i'm yeah because that's that's also my issue with uh so in in the the odin project they um, a lot of uh, the students that are learning uh, software development go th- to like I think it's CodePen mm. or like Repel or whatever to like these these environments on the web to uh, to write out like a small piece of code. Yeah, and I mean you can do different files and stuff, but it's mainly just like a one file thing that yeah. you're that you're doing, you know. And then um, and then you miss out on like you miss out on like you know yeah editors you miss out on mastering like uh the terminal you yeah. miss out on like git and all these things so to me that's 
I think I, I think if if that's something that that you would want to do, I think it it would have to be probably targeted towards programmers already. Yeah. So this is exactly like where we get into like the interesting things. And to to be quite frank, I am still at like a very early stage of this. To kind of summarize mm-hmm. the last two weeks, I've been I've I feel this is an interesting problem that I want to explore a little bit more. I've been blown away by like slowly diving into game design. Oh, and it sounds super obvious, but it's an art form and a craft, and it's amazing what you can learn. I feel <laughs> so from the few times I like looked at web design, for example, and like user experience, like I've just very like lightly touched on these topics. Game design feels like they just do nothing else and think about user experience, which mm-hmm. makes sense because that's True. the only thing that you have. But like the thought and like the learnings that they have about what engages users and like how you can kind of keep them in the loop is just amazing. I don't understand why this is not something that everyone who wants to build like a web app wants to look at before they like build their UI. Like it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I've had such a good week. Thing is, <laughs> nice. so to get back to the topic, thing is like I I don't know much yet. Like I have a vague idea, um, but it's not at a point yet where there's like a very clear like, hey, this is what I want to build and like this is the game that right. you should have and these kind of things. My idea so far, or what what you say makes or is a correct consideration. Like I think you have to be like very deliberate about who you target with this. And ideally, of course, it should be for everyone. Um, this is always what we sent out to do. It's like the most complex version of this, which is yeah. if you give me like a few years to build it, I will probably get there. But this is not the day one MVP. Yeah. Personally, I feel like there are a lot of resources to get started with programming. Like like you say, like things like the Odin project that teach you like how to get up to speed with like Rails or Ruby. And there's like Code Academy and whatever. There are like so many mm-hmm. courses that try to get mm-hmm. people acquainted with um the basics of like programming that I think what is more interesting is to, at least for me personally, is to remove a lot of the structure that these courses provide and give you like a more open environment that really allows you to practice what you say, like how to actually structure a program when I have essentially like a runtime and then I can, I have to create my files. I have to come up with like a good, good module system and, I cannot, like I can, of course, like I can write one big script that has a thousand lines and does everything in like one file, but maybe this is like for me the opportunity to try out like different ways to, yeah, modular, modular sorry, use modules yeah. to avoid yeah. pronunciation here. Or um, for me, it would be like a good opportunity to like practice domain-driven design and like think about how I would model this with like domain-driven design. Maybe you want to like, someone who's into Elixir just want to like go purely functional, but I would want to build something where you, as a user, have that freedom. Yeah. And my vision for this right now is essentially that you connect a Git repository that has a Docker file that follows like some convention for like a public API, where it's like you have to run like a certain command or something that I, uh, that you can connect to like the, the game engine, whatever it is. But essentially you provide your like runtime. There's a Docker file. You can use whatever language you want. You can do whatever you want, like make it a Rails app, use Sinatra, use a CLI, whatever. I don't even know. Um, this is like still to be scoped, but essentially yeah. like allow you to figure out like how you want to approach this and what problems you want to you want to solve. And this has like the consequence that you want to pick an API that is accessible from as many languages as possible and 
there's still like some questions and some like challenges around this, but this is like one idea. And then ideally, like this would be the the dream for like we've worked on this for seven years and this has become a like mature product. Is that you can as a user like drop down to like more and more like lower levels essentially, that there's a way for novice programmers to come in and implement like a single function to get the game going. And mm-hmm. once that function runs, it kind of advances you to the next challenge and says, hey, now that you can, don't know, pick yeah. up resources, now it's time to like maybe write a pathfinding algorithm to actually get to the resource or whatever okay, like learning path there is. That's really interesting. While I think for the beginning, especially, like it will start dump you to like the lowest level and say, hey, here's an API. This is the challenge. Go nuts. Uh, we trust you that you can do what you want. But the vision would be to like slowly build this up over time. And like, at least that would be something that I think I would want to do, like give users a tool that they can actually practice like on different scales of like their, yeah, their skill. But yeah, that is definitely, it's a challenge and requires some time. But I, yeah. yeah. And it, it's mainly driven by my own like desire to have a sandbox that, keeps me as engaged as my video games do. Like I mm-hmm. essentially never get bored mm. of like starting a game. And I would want the same for like my programming to have something that lives longer than the small scripts that I write and that can become more complex than just a tic-tac-toe game or like another AP like another CLI to yeah generate get ignore files and Alfred. Like those are like fun projects to explore certain things, but I don't think they allow you to actually acquire like deeper knowledge and what i myself struggle with is that i feel like there is this gap in like educational material where you have a lot of tutorials that get you started but then it's really hard to advance to like a new level and i would really like to look into like for example like patterns for like enterprise applications right now and go beyond i build a simple web app but at my work like we're running microservices there's like a whole new set of challenges that come with this and I find it hard to create like a learning environment that allows me to like exploit these topics because yeah, I don't want to build an app that is super complex because I don't want to maintain it. And mm-hmm. I also, so for example, if we talk about like maybe a web interface for this, if I want to like try or learn operational skills of how it is to maintain a web app that actually runs and gets traffic, it's super hard for me to do. If I built my habit tracker, I'm the only one who uses it. And maybe my girlfriend looks in like once every two weeks to see if something new happened, but I don't actually get usage metrics from the app and I don't see exceptions that I would need to fix because I forgot something and they're like yeah. a thousand users uh, trying this this thing. And I don't need to learn like how to read logs on the on the server or how to analyze memory usage or these kind of things because there's just no traffic in the app. Like the smallest dino on Heroku can run this thing forever because it's just me who uses it and one of the ideas here would be that the game for example could be an interesting way to generate traffic against your software Mm -hmm. and thus produce like an interesting opportunity for you to like learn these operational skills for example as well and like how does docker work and what do i do with like memory and like how does a sentry work for like error tracking or can i send my logs Mm -hmm. to like logstash or just have a little bit of like a fake production environment in yeah uh, in a certain way and those were like those are the things that i'm interested in and i don't think it will like take that shape in the end but 
this is where I kind of see see a gap a little bit in, in the market and where I would want to kind of solve my own problem in a way to kind of have an interesting engaging environment that I can use to like over time build like bigger and bigger software without the need to yeah polish something so that hacker news is happy with what I've been doing or that I can like launch on product hunt or have to maintain forever as an open source library that was a fun gimmick when I started it and suddenly has like 150 other projects depend on it like those are things that I don't necessarily want to combine with my learning and where I also for myself just notice that I don't have the motivation to kind of see them through or like work on them for for too long yeah right now it's really in the exploration phase and i'm really enjoying that and i can't promise that anything will ever come out of this but yeah that sounds yeah that sounds very interesting though that's something i would love to see yeah and we can definitely pick this up uh, next episode again and i can tell you a little more about it yeah. but yeah let's let's do that let's continue with uh with the topic see how how it goes it's it is very interesting it definitely has me more excited than a lot like almost anything that i've recently done so i think there's a there's definitely a high chance that we can talk about this next week as well but if there's like any chance to kind of build this out like right now i would definitely be into kind of try to tackle this yeah because yeah there's so many like layers that make this interesting like how to design the game how to build the game engine and like the api and try to like make it easy to use and at the same time kind of engaging Mm-hmm. There's so much about like community building that would be fascinating to me. Like, it is definitely like itching a lot of different, stretching a lot of different itches. Yeah, exactly. That I'm definitely like, yeah, I've been enjoying the last week. Let's um, wrap it up with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what uh, if if anything comes out of this. Yeah, that'll be something that would be very interesting to see. Yeah. The, I have to say the podcast is definitely like a good accountability. I yeah. also try to like, I've, I've started trying to write this out in like long form and want to actually like use this as an opportunity to get back to blogging as well. Um, just to kind of A, have the accountability, B, share a little bit what I'm actually thinking about and what I'm learning. And then hopefully C, also like engage a broader community to gather feedback and inspiration to actually follow through with us. Yeah. More to come there as well. All right. Cool. Then we'll uh, pick this up next week. Then exactly to see, uh, to see what, uh, what what happened. Hopefully, by then I also have like organized my thoughts a little bit more. That it's not just me rambling for like twenty minutes. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to share share more about this and the things that I've thought about. So yeah, far. we needed the backstory. Yeah, exactly. We needed the backstory. Cool problem. That's cool. It was really good chatting about this and with you. Yeah, same. And then yeah, yeah. let's uh, see how we can record again around your move yeah maybe to not make maybe that too next, stressful uh, yeah no it's all right maybe uh the next episode will be the last episode recorded from orlando oh true we have to celebrate yeah awesome cool <laughs> yeah. then all right talk soon yeah talk soon later <laughs>